Hey everybody, welcome back. We are back for another season. It is the Guardians of the Future podcast. I am your host, Justin Latta, going solo again today. I promise we'll have some some guests here at some point, just having some scheduling uh, difficulties to start the year. But I think as the year gets rolling, we'll have a lot of good stuff. Like I said, we'll have broadcasters, some other writers, hopefully some interviews from players, coaches, front office members. Got a lot of plans for this this season. Uh, but let me know if there's anything you want to hear on the podcast this year, any specific uh, continual updates, any guests, any segments, anything I'm going to talk about. You can always hit me up at JL underscore baseball on Twitter. Uh, you can always leave a comment on YouTube and you can always uh, leave a comment on, on, on the blog too, on the, on the Substack stack uh, guides uh, next year in cleveland.substack.com would really love if you came aboard and, uh, supported with a free subscription. It's absolutely free. Uh, some in-season coverage, uh, in-person scouting stuff from games might be behind a paywall. I'm still kind of working over that a little bit, but um, for now, everything's free. We're still kicking and trying to finish the top prospect scouting reports. We're into the 30s. <laughs> we will not get done by the start of the season. That's a, that's a first for me. Uh, I do apologize for that, but, um, you know, the thing I said when I started up the new the new website with the Substack was that I was going to write on my own time. Everybody writing with me was going to write on their own time. And, and if you know life took over and things happened, um, you know we just we write when we had time. So we're still on that track. Uh, it'll get done at some point during the season. We'll still have in season coverage. We have uh, I think two people covering Clippers Media Day this coming week: Tyler Stotsky and Stacey Hannon. Both of uh, if you've been on the pod, listen to the podcast before, or if you have red stuff at guardians of the future or I'm sorry, the uh, guardians baseball insider. Um, they covered the Clippers for them as well. And uh, burning for baseball for Stacey. So they're here for another season of coverage. They'll be doing stuff in Columbus throughout the season. So make sure you're finding them on t- Twitter. I believe it's uh, T Stotsky S I D and Stacy Hannon one on Twitter. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, I'll have some, hopefully some stuff from captains media day. Uh, looking for somebody who might be interested in writing in Akron. So if you live in the Akron area and you have a little bit of experience writing about baseball and prospects and you have some interest, uh, let me know. I'll uh, I'll talk to you and see if we can work anything out. If uh, if you're interested in getting a credential, should be able to to work that out. Let's let's dive into some stuff though. Uh, this is going to be our you know our first podcast in a while, and the season is officially starting for AAA this week. But first, let's talk about the completion of the other big trade of the offseason going to spring training was Will Benson. So we, you, we talked previous on this podcast about Justin Boyd being the first part of the return of the Will Benson trade from Cincinnati, their comp round pick last year, uh, who I think he'll start the year in the outfield in Lake County, kind of rotating in. Uh, the second piece of that, that trade is Stephen Hajar. I think it's pronounced Hajar. I haven't, I haven't really seen pronunciations yet. I believe it's Hajar or Hajar. I, I don't know. Someone will know and correct me if I, if I'm wrong. Um, this is an interesting return. Hajar was a really interesting pitcher at the University of Michigan. He was there during a pretty good run for the Wolverines. A couple of back to uh, a couple of deep College World Series runs. Some of the best stuff. One of the best teams in the Big Ten really in a while. Uh, not a lot of a ton of great stories out of there. But he was a big lefty who could get it up to ninety seven uh, with the Wolverines. Missed a lot of bats and and his arm slot's really interesting. So he's a really high release point guy. Really over the top. Uh, not quite like, yeah, maybe like James Karen check ish as far as release, not the mechanics, but the high release point, uh, is very similar. And 
and he it gives them some unique characteristics on the fastball, some backspin, which really helps. Uh, so that can give him more carry on the fastball. And he he had some shoulder problems, especially last season. Um, but he, even if he kind of comes in at a lower velocity, there's been times where he's been down like 89, 92, 93. That, that unique arm slot, that high release, is going to help play that have the fastball play up. So if Cleveland can get him, you know, somewhere in that range of like 93, 94, 95 even, uh, the fastball is really going to play up due, due to that. So that that's a good uh, trait for him. You know, he's got a slider curve and change. Slider's probably his best secondary. He really needs to be healthy. That's the big thing. He's got some shoulder problems. He's had some control issues. Didn't even have the best control in college, but uh, has had limited pro experience through injuries. And when he has been on the mound, he is not. He's had a hard time throwing strikes. So an interesting target for Cleveland in that regard, usually targeting guys that they can – add velocity to and, and don't have to worry about control, but this will be a different way for them to go. I'll be curious to see what they do with him. I think most people believe that Hajar tracks as a bullpen arm, uh, but you know, he's got a big frame. He's got four pitches. Are they going to use him as a starter? I don't know. His, his rule or his 40 man status rule five status is next year. So that would be winter of 2024. So they've got a whole year to figure this thing out. And then actually two years to figure it out with him. So no rush, on whatever you have to do for the rules. That's a good thing. Um, they just got a lot of arms. I'm not sure what they'll do. Piggyback, I guess maybe they'll see where they can what they can fix with him mechanically, physically, how they can get him into the uh, more consistent fastball range. Because like I said, he was at, up to 97 at times, but really was more, you know, low 90s. And see what his secondary pitches look like control-wise too, if he's healthy. But that's quite a return for Will Benson. I mean, look. Steven Hajar is a lottery ticket. Uh, that might not pan out. He, he may never be healthy. He may have continued to have control issues, and it may not work. He could maybe stall out at double A. We don't know. Um, but, you know, it's a good project to get for a guy who you weren't going to play at the major league level this year. And a guy that really, you know, wasn't – just wasn't really in their plans, and it really panned out. Uh, you know, he, he did a good job, Will Benson, of – bringing his career back around and cutting down the strikeouts. And he made the Reds opening day roster. Good for him. He should be playing every day. This is just a team that has decided to go in the direction of less strikeouts. You know, and if it wasn't for that, they could have held on to him because he does provide defense. He does provide speed. He does have big power. It's really just a strikeout issue for him. They could have easily said, well, we prefer Benson First round pick, we think there's 20-20 potential there. The defense is fine. There's value to be had that way. We'll live with the strikeouts over Will Brennan. But they decided that they liked other guys better, and that's just the direction where they're going. Uh, I really hope that that things work out for Will Benson. He is a good guy. He's always been great to talk to, and he's an exciting player when everything is, is kind of working for him. And that Reds ballpark should be really good for him, so I'm really rooting for Will Benson. But this is a good deal for Cleveland. Even, I mean – this is not, I'm not saying, you know, these guys are any great players and they ripped off Cincinnati, but this is an interesting return for, for Will Benson, a former first round pick. So they, they kicked the can down the road pretty successfully on, on guys, as far as 40 man status is concerned, they needed to do that desperately. And like I said, Will Benson just wasn't part of their, their future anymore. So you got one guy in Boyd who, who should have a pretty decent floor as an outfielder, you know, there's, the ability to hit there, there's some speed, defensive versatility. Uh, that should be really interesting. There might be some some hidden pop there. We'll see. 
Uh, I, you know, I think there's this chance for a fourth outfielder there and maybe worse because of the contact and speed skills. And Hajar, I don't know. To me, I think Hajar probably is a better fit for the bullpen and ends up, you know, if all things work out for him, you're hoping he is kind of like a seventh or eighth inning reliever, maybe not dissimilar from Tim Heron. I mean, Tim Heron really kind of took a step forward with his control last year. And that's really what made the difference for him. In addition to some of his stuff popping. So uh, the upside is certainly there for Hajar. I think the floor is good for Boyd. Um, these are really two good projects for Cleveland to get their hands on in return for Benson, given, you know, his history and, and, almost not making it to the majors and stalling out, but good for Benson for not, and then good for them for giving him an opportunity somewhere else and uh, getting two interesting pieces. Like I said, if they never work out, then, you know, that does stink, but uh, they got themselves at least, I think, two good chances to get a good return on this just at different levels. So uh, very interesting to see how that plays out. We just talked a little bit about Tim Heron, and he made the opening day roster. Really excited for Tim Heron. Good guy. We had him on the Lockdown Guardians podcast, so make sure you're listening to that every day, especially as the season ramps up. This is that's kind of why it's hard for me to do two podcasts sometimes is, is I'm doing that every day. I'm trying to write. I'm trying to have a life and uh, do other stuff, so it's hard for me to fit this podcast in, but I'd like to do it when I can. But uh, we had Tim Heron over there. I know Jeff had on Hunter Gaddis last year on his own. Uh, two good dudes. Really enjoy talking to both of them throughout their minor league careers. Uh, I'm excited to see what Tim Herrick can do. He he has really big stuff from that left side. And I think he would have made that bullpen, whether or not Sam Henches was hurt or healthy. I think he was just on that track. Good slider, interesting cutter. We'll see how he controls controls the ball when he gets up there. But there's there's big-time stuff there. That's a power arm from the left side that's going to pair very nicely with Henches because I think Henches won't be injured too long, thankfully. Hunter Gaddis, I'm, I'm really – I am glad for him because he had two starts last season that just really didn't go his way. And I think he was kind of forced up before he was ready out of necessity. And, you know, he might've been tipping his pitches against the White Sox later. Um, that start against the White Sox though. It was like, he was kind of the sacrificial land. It was like, all right, we need someone to pitch today. We uh, just need to get our rotation reset for the next couple of uh, series. And they, the way they attacked it, it worked out because that allowed them to reset their their rotation for the rest of the the season for the most part. And and I think throwing him that day, even though they lost, wasn't ideal because of where they were in the standings. Uh, it all worked out in the end. But I think this is a good role for Hunter Gaddis. You know, he'll. I am curious to see how it works with him and Eli Morgan out there because he and Eli Morgan are a little bit similar. Gaddis has has more giddy up on the fastball. He can get up to ninety seven. I really am curious to see what he'll do with the fastball in a, in a relief role because he was getting up to 97 last year as a starter. You know, can he can he push that even higher in the bullpen? I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how how he can push that and what kind of role they have for him. If it's a multi inning role or he's just going to you know go out there and get his feet wet in some easier situations until he can gradually gain some confidence and experience. But because he hasn't really pitched out of the bullpen, that's the thing. Gaddis has really been a starter throughout the minor leagues. And I don't know if it's a long-term thing or a short-term thing based on the Cody Morris injury, things like that. Um, but I, I'll be curious to see what, how long this role lasts, how he looks in it. You know, the fastball and change-up combination make him interesting. I, they really are going to have to split him and I think Eli Morgan up because even though he has more fastball than Morgan, his fastball still, 
even, you know, he's got to control it really well and make it work. And, and so does Morgan because he has a lower velocity. I thought Gaddis' slider looked pretty good in spring training from the little video we were able to see. So maybe that could be a good pitch for him out of the bullpen as well. You know, he does have four pitches. He does have the fastball, slider, curve, and change, uh, where Morgan has mostly been fastball. I know he's got a cutter, and he's worked on a slider and a change. So I'll, I'll be curious to see what that bullpen role does for him, but I think it's a good fit for him because um, I don't know if he was fit for the for the rotation long-term anyway, especially the guys coming behind him. We'll see if they do with Xavier and Curry in the future too, but it is time to start thinking about bullpen roles for some of these guys because – Let's face it, we know how many starting pitchers they have coming. There's there's no end to them. Um, all right, throw out a call for questions. So we're going to do some quick questions, and I'm going to give you some prospect predictions uh, for the season ahead before we get out of here. Uh, so let's just throw it to all of your questions. Nunzio Izzo, our buddy, would love to hear a review of all the new minor league talent this team has brought aboard since the end of last year. Um, that would be Juan Brito. That would be... Ross Carver, Justin Boyd, Stephen Hajar. Yeah, there's been a lot of turnover, I would say, uh, in the prospect rankings. So just who they've brought in, in over the last year. So, you know, gone from whether it's graduation or, t- or trades, other stuff, you know, Freeman has graduated. Nolan Jones was traded. Stephen Kwan has graduated. Uh, Richie Palacios has graduated from prospect status. I'm uh, just going through the list of my rankings last year. Tobias Myers, who started the year in the rankings, yikes. Uh, yeah, Carlos Vargas traded. Um, Oscar Gonzalez, you know, graduated. Will Benson traded. Um, who else is on? Jose Fermin now with the minor, was a minor league free agent, moved on. Alex Call, who's in, in the rankings last year, he was traded. So And good for him, rightfully so. Um Nick Enright was in our rankings last year. He is in Miami, still recovering from uh, a form of cancer. We wish him the best. I know his family occasionally listens to the podcast. I've been waiting to hear for his return to baseball all spring long for the Marlins as a Rule 5 pick, and I hope uh, I hope we hear that news soon. So um, really pulling for, for – I was pulling for Nick Enright to make that team and pitch well anyway, but obviously I'm pulling for him to get to be cancer-free and uh, make the – Marlins, regardless, once he is totally healthy. So all those guys are out. And, yeah, in is Ross Carver, Juan Brito, uh, Justin Boyd, um, Stephen Hajar now is on board. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to rank Hajar, but, um, you know, they got Brito for the Nolan Jones trade. They got Carver for Carlos Vargas to clear a roster spot. And they got Boyd in the Benson deal and now Hajar. So not a lot of turnover. I mean, they had some graduates, but these are the things, like, you know, I, I, we had, nobody's really talked a lot about Ross Carver, but I think there's some interesting stuff there in his pitches that um, he could wind up uh, being a, a kind of a sleeper. I mean, there's some interesting stuff there and kind of one of those guys that I think Cleveland targets and does well with. So I haven't really written or said much about Ross Carver myself. I know um, Matan, who has kind of joined us at next year in Cleveland as a, as a prospect guy, he did the uh, scouting profile on – Ross Carver, and it was interesting, so I encourage you to go take a look at that. Uh, I do think there's something interesting there for, for Carver, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up having a really good uh, under-the-radar season. I feel like he's flown under the radar a lot so far. I'm excited to see Boyd. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Michael wants to know, are you ready for this PD Halpin summer? I am. This is the PD Halpin summer. Uh, look, he should be the 
everyday center fielder in Akron. Uh, there should be no question there. There's not a lot of guys who should be taking playing time away from him in double A. He should be playing in center every day. And I, I'm curious to see what he does. I think he's primed for a breakout season. We saw he got a lot of run in spring training uh, when he was a minor league extra for a couple of days. Tito called him out specifically for having a good day, and he got a game ball and got to play or get to hang out at Major League Camp for a day. So he got noticed in spring training. That's a good thing. He's bulked up a little bit. He's changed his stance a little bit. He's closed it up a little more upright. He looks a little like Grady Sizemore with his stance. Very interesting. Uh, I I am curious to see how he handles double A pitching. I think it's going to be a challenge. He did have a lot of struggles to start the season last year, but he got better as the year went on. And I think some of that had to had to do with all the work he put in throughout the year. And I'm sure that I'd be remiss if I didn't say a lot of that goes to him and staff, but uh, Greg DeSenso for pushing those guys at Lake County last year um, to continue to put the work in at one o'clock. So at seven o'clock they were prepared to succeed and, and, as I mentioned multiple times, it is very rare to see a 20-year-old or 19-year-old like Petey Halpin, a high school pick at high A, have a tough start to the season and then get better as the year goes on. Um, not not an easy thing. Um, I think uh, I think it's, it's it says a lot about what he's what the kind of work he put in and. I think that will carry over to Akron in, in 2023. I hope it does. Um, I don't know. Double-A pitching is tough. It's it's a big adjustment. I wouldn't be surprised if early on there are some struggles, but I also will not be surprised if he ends up having a good year there. I still think there's a chance he could have a breakout season and he could wind up, I don't want to say top 100 prospect, but I think he could really kind of start to solidify his future a little more uh, I know a lot of people, some people think that he is more of a fourth outfielder type, fifth outfielder type who can play defense and run a little bit, but obviously a lot of us think there is more there. I do love the defense. I think there's contactability and speed, um, but if he gets stronger and he can impact the ball better, that's going to be interesting. Uh, he certainly has put the work in. Uh, moving on to Jeff's question. How are they going to find playing time for everyone? That's a, that's a broad question. Feels like Leftwich could have been to Akron last year, but everyone's packed like sardines. Who is getting the most reps at second base and shortstop between Lynchburg and Lake County? Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, I think Jack Leftwich really uh, – Jack Leftwich and uh, Tommy – I'm not Tommy Mace. Uh, Rodney Boone, Will Dion, Trenton Denholm, Reed Johnson, all of those guys you could have argued should have made Lake County last year to start the year with the backlog of pitchers didn't allow them to. And that's mostly on age because all those guys were college pitchers and not always ideal to have a 22 or 23 year old college pitcher start at low A. Uh, Cause you know, they all had great numbers. I don't know if you saw, I, I still, I'm, I'm curious to see if my Reed Johnson infatuation is because he was a little advanced facing low A hitters or if there's really something there, I think there is something there, but I, I want to see it against higher levels before I really commit to buying in, but I am interested in him a lot. All those guys could have started at high A and, and pitched their way to double A. Absolutely. That, that's a tough thing. Um, I'd imagine Leftwich, because he only made it to high A at the end of the year, and he also ended the year with an elbow injury. If he's healthy, I think he'll start at Lake County again, just because it might be a case where Bybee and Williams and Burns and Nikhazy and Davenport and Carver and Mace are all going to Lake to, to Akron to start. Maybe even Cantillo. I don't know. 
I just think he's going to have to start there. And who knows what's going to happen with Hankins. I do hear that Hankins might be hanging back in extended spring training. So we'll see what happens with his situation um, as well. And, and, and then you got guys like Austin Peterson and Dylan DeLucia and Jack Jasiak, who are all college pitcher draft picks from last year, who in theory should be at high A, but they're probably going to be, you know, straddling that low A, high A line. So we'll see how they, they figure out pitching as far as second base shortstop. So I think it sounds like sounds like Juan Brito might end up skipping Lake County. We will see where he ends up. Um, no guarantees, but look, Lake County is going to have Jake Fox and Diane Frias and um, Yordis Valdez, I think, is still in their plans for now. There's Tyrese Turner. You know, I think I think all those guys got to play. And then what do you do with with Nate Furman? What do you do with Angel Janow? I think Janow goes to 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 Lynchburg to start just because of the age. Aaron Bracho still exists. I have no idea if they're going to continue to give any run to him. I don't know if they should. Um, Milan Tolentino, you know, he he probably goes to Akron, but he didn't look that good in Lake County. It looked like he he needs some more time there. So like that's the guy who's going to get playing time somewhere as well. I think Angel Martinez ends up in Akron. So, uh, all right, he was started. He'll start in Akron again. And then you got Juan Benjamin, who could who should play a lot in uh, Lynchburg as well. I'm trying to think who else might go to, to low A. I don't know, Jose Pastrano. There's still Carson Tucker who we'll get to to, to kind of mess around with. I don't know. There's there's a lot of unanswered questions, uh, I would say, and it's going to be tough. You know, they're going to have to really – this is why they get guys a lot of playing time in different positions because – not because they just like versatility because they do, but they just need guys to get at bats because they don't have room for all of them, um, and that's the best way to get it done. So it's going to be interesting to see how things go there. Um, let's see. Had a couple parter from our buddy Chuck over at the uh, him and uh, Zach's podcast. I do a good job over there. Name a sleeper pitching prospect position player that could jump into our top five prospect rankings by the end of the year. I'll, I'll address that one first. Into the top five. That is that is tough. Um, I'll say Jack Left. Well, I don't know if I, I Justin Campbell. How about that? Justin Campbell, I think, is you know, is a top ten prospect who could jump into the top five if, if things go well. I could say the same thing for Joey Cantillo, though, too. If Joey Cantillo finally has that healthy season, I don't see any reason why he should not be uh, a top five prospect. So I would say Campbell or Cantillo. Um, you know, both have a chance to jump into that top five from the outside looking in. As far as hitters go, I will actually answer one of your questions. And you said, uh, Chuck, what's the thing of Juan Brito? I, I don't know. I think Juan Brito could be a top ten, pro, a top five prospect. I have Angel Martinez um, ranked. I have Angel. I have Angel number five, so I guess I won't say him. He's not number five a lot of places, but he could be. Um, I don't know. Juan Brito is a guy that could creep up there position player-wise. I'd really like to say Chase DeLauder, but he's top 10 someplace, but he's not going to be healthy. I don't know. Give me give me Juan Brito. He has a great year. I think he really uh, pushes things forward. And then your other question was, any hope for Carson Tucker to have a bounce back here? I don't know. I don't really, really don't know. I mean, I'd imagine they're going to get him playing time, but there are so many middle infielders they've acquired and 
that could move up quickly. Um, I don't know if uh, you necessarily necessarily can uh, say for sure how things are going to pan out because it hasn't been very good so far. And then uh, our buddy Willie, my former my former current I don't know uh, podcast host. I will everybody tell Willie to come back. I miss Willie. Uh, I'm sure you guys do after listening to me drone on by myself for 40 minutes uh, once every couple of weeks. Ross Carver, Justin Boyd, Stephen Najar. Who has the highest upside? I will say Stephen Najar. Mm, Stephen Najar probably has the highest upside, I would guess. But I think the upside comes from being a reliever. That's that's the hard part. Is I think... The, I think Justin, I don't know, they all have interesting upside to me. If, if they can get a little more power out of Boyd, I think there's really something there. Uh, and like I said before, Carver's kind of a sleeper. So um, we'll see what happens there. I Most upside, I don't know, give me, give me Ross Carver. You know what? I think if they find everything to, uh, with this pitching factory with Ross Carver, I think he could wind up having – the most upside. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about prospect predictions before we get out of here for a little bit. All right. I got an article coming out. We got minor league predictions coming out at the end of the week when the season starts in the minor league. So be on the lookout for that again next year in cleveland.substack.com. You can follow on Twitter at next year and CLE. I will put the link in the podcast description if you are not on Twitter um, or on YouTube. So, I'll just give you this. My sleeper prospect for the year to watch out for. We had on the podcast, no doubt, Nate Furman. Uh, I like the hit tool. I like the energy. I like the speed. I like the grittiness. I think um, there's a chance he could be more Arnie Clement, but I'm curious to see if he can kind of be the infield version of Stephen Kwan. So uh, give me Nate Furman as a sleeper. My breakout hitter this year is, is going to be Juan Brito, I think I said before, to Chuck's question. I think Brito is the guy could um, pop into the top 10 and could be a top 100 prospect, and I will say that in a second. Uh, the guy I, I think is going to have the biggest uh, disappointing year in terms of how people think about him and how he's ranked, um, I think, is Jonathan Rodriguez. I, I know he hit that big home run the other day, and he hit 26 home runs in the minor leagues last year, but uh, he does impact the ball pretty good. He's got good exit velocities. He um, is generally pretty good for his own swing and making swing decisions, but he chases a lot, and I think that uh, – the strikeout and contact issues are going to hold him back. Um, so I think he is going to be the guy that most people are going to be looking for a follow-up big year from and to see if he is part of the future. And I just don't, I don't see it. Um, so yeah, want, Jonathan Rodriguez, kind of my guy who I don't think is going to have as big a year. So a lot of people hope. Um, what do we got next? Most excited prospects. I'm most excited to see are Justin Campbell and Juan Brito. I hope I was hoping for Brito to be at, uh, high a lake county but i think it's going to be double a campbell should be at lake county and i i think that campbell has the best chance to be the next like pitching prospect that people are like i don't know i think people most prospect fans probably had already knew about him especially draft fans anybody that listened to willie anybody listened to this podcast a year ago and willie and i had peyton battenfield on we were talking about him his uh fellow oklahoma state alum i think all the pieces are there for justin campbell to be the next like big pitching name in the, in the system. Uh, they just got to, you know, continue to shape him. And I think they will. Uh, the prospect I would say I'm most concerned about this year is Ethan Hankins, just because 
you know, we've heard some of the spring training numbers look sounded really good in terms of velocity and spin spin date rate, but I, I heard the other day there's a chance he could start the season back and extend it again because they probably got to build him up and maybe they're building up as a starter. But man, this guy has not pitched since 2019. You know, he didn't pitch in 2020, he didn't pitch in 2021, save for an inning in the comp or didn't pitch 2020 or 2021, pitched an inning last year. 2022 in, in the complex league uh, had a bunch of other reasons why he didn't throw more innings, but he essentially hasn't faced any hitters outside of Arizona in the complex league since he, since 2019, that's three years. That's a long time. I just don't know how things are going to look since then. And and he's probably got an accelerated timeline because of his rule five status. You know, he was um, left off this year and nobody took him, which isn't a surprise, but like, how much more run is he going to get? I don't know. I think they're not going to want to give up on him, given what they've invested. But, you know, I think it's more just uh, if we haven't seen him in a while, he's going to be rusty. So we'll see. A uh, guy I think could rise up the prospect rankings this year, Gabriel Rodriguez, who I just posted today as uh, the next scouting report at number 32. Uh, I think he could rise up in the rankings this year. If he, if, he can, if he can follow up on his good 2022 season where he improved his contact rate, um, showed a little bit of pop, if he can – get to his pull side power a little more and uh, just show a little more pop. I know it's going to be hard for him at double A Akron to do that, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves up the rankings. Uh, guy I think is going to fall in a lot of rankings is Jose Tena. I know a lot of people have been high on him for a while now, but I think the approach to me for Jose Tena is just not going to pan out. I think upper level pitching is going to eat him up. He's a very swing aggressive player. Look, he, he runs the bases and he's plays good defense second, short, and third, so that might give him a future no matter what. But I have a lot of questions about the hit tool and the approach. Uh, the power is there. The pop is there. I just I think he's too aggressive, and I don't. I think he's going to be exploited at higher levels. We'll see. My surprise Major League debut this year. I don't know if it's a surprise uh, because he was talked about a lot in the spring, but I would say David Fry. I think David Fry, we will see him sometime this year. He's an interesting piece, and Cleveland is interested in maybe the three-catcher. Um Idea. So maybe we'll see David Fry at some point instead of, you know, this whole Mabry's Valoria Cam Gallagher backup thing. Um, I don't know. I think he'll, he'll, he'll have a chance to be up this year in some sort of, you know, utility bench role. Best newcomer to the system or draft pick. I went with Justin Campbell. That was, that was pretty obvious for the reason I said before. Um, here are the prospects I think are going to debut in 2023. George Valera. Uh, I think we'll we'll see him at some point this year. Who knows when? Because he hasn't been healthy for a while, uh, at least this spring. Joey Cantillo, I think we'll see Joey Cantillo. He's on the 40. You need those depth pitchers. You need especially him. Uh, I think we'll see him this year. I'd be excited for that. I think we will see Logan Allen. Uh, if Espino gets healthy, which who knows when that is. He is throwing. Uh, Chris Antone did give an update on that a couple of, like last week, I think, to reporters in Arizona, and he said that he is um, – finishing up like a plyo routine and he's getting ready to, to talk about his throwing program here. So he should be throwing again here soon, which is good news. Um, but I think one of Allen or, or Espino makes their debut this year. I'm going to say Allen just because he's healthy. And then I think one of Williams or Bybee makes their debut this year. And I'm going to say it's going to be Bybee. So Valera, Cantillo, Allen, and Bybee, I think all make their debuts this year. Uh, super excited for that. If that does pan out, you can, uh, find me later if, if I'm wrong or if I'm, these are just, these are dart throws, honestly. Um, but they do like all those guys quite a bit. And we did hear that Logan Allen is throwing up to 94, 95 in the spring. So he's, 
He's picked up a couple of ticks on his fastball. Um, who are some top 100, non-top 100 prospects that I think could move into top 100 status by the end of the year? Uh, Angel Martinez, I think, made a couple, maybe made one or two. I can't remember who. So I think it was Zips, top 100 prospects. But I think Angel Martinez will uh, cement himself on top 100 list status sometime this year. I think Juan Brito will. I think Justin Campbell will. And the last one, I think, is Jason Churio. I think Jason Churio will um, wind up as a top 100 prospect this year at some point as well. That's a, that's a bold prediction right there. But I've got more bold predictions. Uh, who do I think is going to be in the 2023 Futures game for the Guardians? So who are prospects will be in the MLB Futures game in Seattle during All-Star Week? Tanner Bybee will make it to the Futures game. Gavin Williams will make it to the Futures game. And... Angel Martinez will make it to the Futures game in Seattle this year in July. Uh, here are my bold prospect predictions for the season. Uh, Tanner Bybee is going to be throwing 100 miles an hour this year. You heard that here first. He will be throwing 100 miles an hour here uh, at some point this year. Don't be shocked when he is hitting triple digits. Um, one of the major infield prospects gets traded this year, whether that's Arias, Freeman, uh, Rocchio, Martinez, maybe, maybe Brito. I don't know. One of those guys, I don't know if I consider Tane a part of that group because I said he was going to fall. Um, I guess it could be him if someone really likes him. One of those guys is getting traded this year. I don't know which one, but one of them is getting traded this year. Uh, if you listen to Lockdown Guardians, you know I would love it to be, you know, Rokio for Corbin Burns. I'm all in. And then I will say that for, for Deep Cuts fans, um, Jason Chorio makes it to an affiliate in 2023. So I think we will see Jason Chorio. I'm hoping at Lynchburg late in the year. That's a bold prediction I think will happen. Um, at some point this season. I would really look forward to that. Um, got all that and more in the upcoming uh, 2023 Minor League Baseball predictions for the Guardians um, up on next year in cleveland.substack.com. I'll have my 2026 lineup prediction uh, as we always go You know, a couple of years out from the current year to predict the future lineup. It's interesting. Uh, you have to look, read the article to see who else I have in that lineup alongside Jose Ramirez and how I have guys placed. Um, so look for that. Look for more prospect uh, scouting reports. We're gonna, tr- we are gonna finish this list off uh, at some point this year. It'll probably be, um, it'll probably be as the season is going on. Uh, opening day is coming soon. You know, March thirty first for Columbus. I believe it's April sixth for all the other affiliates. So get excited um, for all of those and make sure you're checking out. Um, next year at cleveland.substack.com make sure you are uh, following and subscribing there make sure you are following on twitter jail underscore baseball make sure you are uh, would really love a new review of the podcast whether that is on youtube if you're watching on youtube I'm posting those there now or on itunes or spotify if you can leave a review uh, a rating um, and if it's not a five star tell me what I can do to get a five star rating uh, always want to improve the podcast always want to give you guys what you guys are listening for uh, as we continue to help this podcast evolve in kind of a new format. Uh, you know, I'm, I am not against uh, constructive criticism at all, but would love some new reviews to kind of boost the algorithm and just tell me what you're looking for. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for more podcasts. I hope they're more regular as the regular season kicks off in minor league baseball. So make sure you are uh, downloading daily, subscribing. Um, check out Lockdown Guardians every day at Lockdown Guardians. Uh, on Twitter and on YouTube and on all everywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for all your questions, everybody. Uh, it's minor league baseball season. Get excited. Get out to a game. If you're going to be out in an, affi- an affiliate this year, uh, whether it's 
Columbus, Lake County, or Akron, hit me up. Let me know if you're going to be there. Uh, I'm planning to be around as much as I can this year. Um, outside of the month of June, I'll be pretty busy. So if you're going to be somewhere, uh, let me know, and I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening.